This is ESPN Crick Info. Bowl at Boyd's. So the World Cup is over and it's over and behind us. Hello and welcome to Bowl at Boyd's. This is ESPN Crick Info and uh, it's time for a new season, new series, test series. Of course, the IPL is coming up soon. And to discuss all that, we have with us Jeffrey Boycott. How are you, sir? I'm very good indeed. The best team uh, before the World Cup was Australia and the best team won it in the end. So that's good for cricket. Well, that's true. And well, just before we start uh, with the questions, uh, how would you look back at this World Cup? What kind of memories or what were the highlights that you would think about? Individual performances, uh, there's always some of those. But I think what was interesting for me was that the most tense and exciting matches were not the big scoring ones with all the sixes and fours because they're two a penny these days. It was the match when Pakistan beat South Africa, when New Zealand sneaked home by one wicket against Australia in the pool match in Auckland. And they had everybody on the edge of their seats. And it showed to me, and it should show to a lot of other cricket lovers, that you don't need 350 runs by each team, 700 runs in a day, to make exciting cricket, to get people on the edge of their seat. What you really need is a contest between bat and ball. And when the bowlers are in the game, it's a better, it's a better match. Because some, some games that were played, the side batting first made 350, 370, and just battered the other side out of the game. And although they chased it, they kept losing wickets and they were never going to get there. But when you get these low scores, or not too high a scores, the bowlers get there, get into it. And I'll look at Pakistan's bowlers, those three left-arm seamers. I think when the, the three left-arm paces from Pakistan, you know, got stuck in, my goodness, I don't think any of us realised they could bowl that quick, that aggressive, that nasty. And... And it just had everybody on the edge of their seats. They, they were wonderful. And it was moments like that for me that I'll remember. You know, when the Australian left arm seamers, Stark and Mitchell Johnson, got stuck into the New Zealanders. I thought they were going to coast home at 150, but they didn't. They were lucky to get home. And those were the moments for me that were real cricketing moments. There were real competitive moments between bat and ball. Too often... The batters dictated the course of the games. Flat pitches, big bats, smaller boundaries, and the ICC should do something about that because when you get that many sixes and fours, it was so commonplace, you just get fed up with it. Indeed, we'll talk more about that, the 350 scores and the rules about the bat. Let's take the first question then. It was sent by Shriek from India. He says, I personally felt the World Cup was very long until the quarterfinals in which hardly one or two games went to the wire, unlike 2011. Does it have to do with the change of rules in ODI cricket? Is the ICC experimenting too much lately in ODIs rather than leaving the game to itself? I think money is the key. It always is. The ICC have paid a huge amount for, I think, 49 matches. TV does not wish to reduce the number of matches because if it does, it's going to pay the ICC less. And the ICC wants as much money as it can get. That's not my opinion. That's the ICC chief executive, Dave Richardson, speaking uh, during the final. At the break, he was on BBC Radio, which I was listening to, 
and he admitted that the less number of teams in the next World Cup, less number would not mean less matches. Approximately the same number, Dave said. Not me, he said it. And the ICC, he said, want more money for development of cricket amongst the associate members. And any drop in income means less money to those associates. Now, the ICC has its own cricket committee. People connected with the game recommended by all the major countries. And these people discuss and send ideas to the board. Now, some ideas, like two bounces and over, have been accepted and universally felt that they're good rules. They give the bowler a bit of ammunition. When you add one bouncer, that's when you are. Well, I can get on the front foot. I'm all right now. But now they can't. They're not sure when the second one's coming. Only four outfielders, particularly at the end of an innings, most people think is balmy. The bowlers don't have enough cover or help and are getting hit everywhere. It's a nightmare for them. Unless you're really, really quick like Stark and Mitchell Johnson, you're struggling. And, you know, there is an imbalance today because every rule, a rule that's been made but the two bouncers and over are against the bowlers and for the batsmen. And the problem with having committees is that they always feel they need to alter or change something or do something different to justify their existence. Right, since we spoke about the high scores, let's take the second question sent by Idris from the UAE. For various reasons, we have seen scores cross 350 on a consistent basis, more so for the team batting first. Scores of 300 have been chased by teams, but have struggled to chase down bigger targets under similar conditions. We saw West Indies in the quarterfinals keeping up with the required rate, but lost wickets showing that it is possible if you have wickets in hand. What and how do you think the teams need to adapt to their strategy while chasing such massive totals? I think it's a good question, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't offer them strategies of how to chase 350 and 400 because I believe that the 350-400 totals are not good for cricket. The bowlers have become cannon fodder. Kids will grow up and are growing up already wanting to bat. They're not queuing up to bowl. They're wanting to bat to hit sixes and fours because they, it's thrilling when you hit it out of the ground. You see the crowd jumping up and down. And batsmen, they're not stupid. They watch television. Batsmen get all the plaudits. So why be a bowler? Bowlers doing well are outnumbered by the batsmen who get lots of praise and adulation. I try to bring the totals down by doing certain things like two best bowlers could be allowed to bowl more than 10 overs, whether it's 13 overs each, 15 overs each. Give them some reward for bowling well, and that will take away a number of overs off the fifth bowler, which is usually a weak bowler that people plunder runs from. I know occasionally they get wickets, but on the whole, people are looking to target the weak bowler, the fifth. Batsmen don't have to retire at 50, but bowlers are always in a straight jacket, always. Only have 10 overs, wide down offside, wide down leg side, bowler bouncer and it's a bit too high, that's a wide. Restricted field placings, you know, it, it's a nightmare for them. We've got all these flatter, better batting pitches, fantastic bats hit the ball miles, smaller boundaries. I've shoved scores up. Now bring it back a bit. 
so the teams batting second have a real chance of winning because then we have a competitive game. Too often, the team batting first bats the other team out of the game. You are absolutely right. And they're chasing it and losing wickets and the game's over uh, 15 overs into their into their innings. They lose a couple of wickets. You, you just know from experience they're not going to get there. Two or three times it happens, but it's so, it's so rare that you just know you can bat sides, the second side out of the game. The best matches I've already mentioned were the lower score, intense type matches with, with runs so precious. The bowlers in the game, New Zealand versus Australia in the pool game in Auckland, Pakistan versus South Africa in Auckland, and there were a couple of others. But on the whole, my view is, make grounds as big as possible. You know, we have ropes around now, and advertising, boundary, and, and we have cameras five yards inside. You shove the cameras outside into the seats. Make the grounds five yards, six yards, seven yards bigger. Then any mishits can be caught. Some would still go for six, but some people would be caught. Why are we rewarding mishits with short boundary sixes? More protection for bowlers, particularly at the end with, with an extra boundary fielder. You know, make sixes and fours a bit less commonplace. Bring the scores back to 260, 270. That's still a lot of runs in a day. That's 520, 540 runs in a day. And it will give the batting side, or bat second, a proper chance of winning. Then we have a proper game. Fair enough. And uh, that brings us to the third question of the episode. Nilab Tiwari from India says, uh, there's been a huge discrepancy between India's World Cup performance and the Test Series against Australia earlier this season, especially in the bowling department. Their performances have been very contrasting for a long time, especially in the last four years. Do you think there is a lack of will in Indian players when it comes to their commitment towards Test cricket? Well, it's a good question, but I can't speak for the players personally because I don't ask them that, and whatever they told me, I'm not sure I believe it. The Indian players, now that they play IPL, and it is so huge in financial rewards, and particularly to the Indian players, remember, these guys are the brand names of their franchises, so they get the biggest money. These guys, rightly, they're human, and it's human nature. They are bound to put IPL first. It's a huge part of their professional careers. The money that they get in IPL may never come again. It may stay for 20 years, 30 years, it may disappear. But at the moment, it's here, and these guys have a chance to be instant millionaires every year. Also, winning that World Cup four years ago in India was massive for the confidence and the psyche and the self-esteem of all the Indian cricketers. It captured the Indian public and, and anyone who was Indian all over the world. So Indian players have reached the pinnacle in cricket terms by winning the World Cup. they reached the pinnacle in financial rewards through the IPL. And it's understandable that being human, that their focus is bound to be one-day cricket. Also, by playing so much one-day cricket and winning... And with the adoration of the crowds everywhere, particularly at IPL or when they're at home in one-day matches or play to full houses, what else can you expect? <clears throat> the kids in India, 
for years now have been focusing more on 2020 and 50 overs. Go and watch them. They, they don't look at test cricket. When I spoke to Raul Dravid about a year ago, he's got two boys and he said that it's IPL, hitting fours and sixes. They don't think he could play. His sons, they don't know anything about how great a test match cricketer he was. No idea. And they're not interested because he didn't hit fours and sixes like IPL. Now, through TV, radio, lots of advertising, the children grow up with seeing all this. And they're bombarded with television saying, scoring rates. How quickly can you score? How many balls did it take you to get runs? How many sixes and fours did you hit? The nuances of test match cricket, the character and courage that is needed and skill to play some of the great spin bowlers or the great fast bowlers like Mitchell Johnson and Stark and the people before them, they've no idea. They've no idea, the current youngsters growing up, they've no idea about the cricket nous that was needed to play good test cricket. Uh, and it's just become such a large part of the Indian public has one-day cricket. It dominates their psyche in every way. And sadly, youngsters growing up are fed this diet of one-day glorification. So it's bound to affect your Indian players. They can't help themselves. I think they do try in test match cricket. I think they try like hell. I can't believe that any cricketer won't try. I won't have that. Maybe he's not as good as at test cricket as you'd like him to be, or the team isn't as good as you'd like them to be, but I don't believe that they don't try. No, you'd have to prove that to me. I think they try like hell. But it's there, it, it, it surrounds them. And has done now for six, seven years that one-day cricket, this diet of IPL, one-day internationals, world champions, full houses everywhere, then you get to test matches, there's hardly anybody there. Unless it's a Saturday or Sunday of a test match, there's hardly anybody there. I used to play years ago in front of full houses. The Indian players are now more confident and better equipped to play one-day cricket than test cricket. Because they're damn good at it, and they get more money at it. They get more adulation, adoration, everything, the publicity for it. Here's the best example. $3.3 million was it was paid by Delhi for a guy to play in the IPL, Yuvraj Singh, who was one of the best players in the world. Fantastic. Three World Cup Man of the Matches four years ago. He couldn't get all the cars in his garage. But it's history. It's like all of us. It's past. It's gone. All that talent is gone. You can't make the national team, yet they're paying $3.3 million. That tells you everything. How one-day cricket is at the top of the list. Well, I'm sure Nilab Tiwari will be pretty happy with that answer, detailed answer there. And just before we end the episode, uh, let's take a question on England. Akar from India sent this one. Do we have to take a question on England? <laughs> the way they're playing? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a test series, one can hope. So, Akash says, uh, what are England's chances in the West Indies in tests and the Ashes after that, given their dismal performance at the World Cup? And what changes would you make to the test squad that last played for England? Well, I should have known something was coming about England. Look, uh, England were awful in the World Cup. I knew they weren't a great one-day side, but I didn't, knew that, I didn't know they were that bad. I don't think any of us did. 
But England have, have not been a, a bad test match side. They've been pretty decent at test cricket. And England should win in the West Indies because West Indies will lose some of their best cricketers to the IPL. It's going on at the same time. And one of their best players, Gale, hasn't been interested in test cricket for years. Uh, on top of that, they don't seem a cohesive bunch of, of players really committed to their country. I accept that. England aren't great either. But as I say, they're better than West Indies. And uh, their test cricket has been pretty decent. Anderson bowls better with a red ball than a white ball. And he's focused because he wants to get the record number of test wickets for an England bowler. Then you've got uh, Trot and Cook. They should be focused. Trot is coming back. They've got excellent test records. And they'll be keen to, uh, you know, get going again for different reasons. Trot needs to cement a place and show everybody that... Uh, He's got over whatever distress he had. Cook is under pressure for runs and still smarting, irritated even, at being dropped as captain of the ODI team just before the World Cup. Broad, he's, not, he's way below his best. His rhythm was out in, uh, in the World Cup. He wasn't bowling very quick. He had an operation before, uh, I think his knee or his ankle before Christmas. And he needs quite a bit of bowling. Any bowler out there who knows that you're getting 10 overs in a one-day match, it's not enough, and you're getting 10 overs every, uh, once a week. That's not enough. You need lots of bowling. So he's got something to work on. Uh, there's a number of players like that. And England don't have a lot of depth replayers pushing for places. You can pick an odd player out and say, well, he should have gone instead of him, but th there's not much. To me... It's not about how many other players could I pick differently from the ones that the selectors have picked. I maybe could have done a couple different. But it's more about attitude. The intent of the players, the backroom staff, the leadership from the captain, the coach, and everybody. And it's about a need to get the best out of what we have. And then everyone can see a lot clearer where England are talent-wise, and what we need extra to beat New Zealand and Australia this summer, which at the moment seems highly unlikely. But things can change quickly in sport. If you can get cohesion, people working well, playing to the best, makes a, whole, a lot of difference. And that is the key for England. We haven't played... If, if you put it another way, if I said to each individual player, stand in front of this mirror... Tell the guy in the mirror that you've played really well this last 12 months or year and a half. That you've played your best cricket. Could you say that? Could you put your hand up? Because you can tell me all you want, but you can't lie to the guy in the mirror. And there's a lot of our England players couldn't say that. They couldn't put their hand up and say, hey, I've played really well. I've done, I've done my best, maybe, but I haven't played well. So we mean, need more than you're doing your best. We need you to play really, really well. And that's also up to the players, but it's also up to the backroom staff. It's up to the coach. It's up to the leadership, Cook, which you know I'm not a big fan of. I like him as a person, but I'm not a fan of his captaincy. I need to see more than that. We need proper leadership, not captains with three stripes. I mean, real leadership from Moores and Cook and get the best out of the players. Our new chairman... Well, he's chairman-elect. He takes over on the 15th of May. That's after they've finished the three test matches. 
Colin Graves from Yorkshire, says he expects them to win. He's laid it on them. Because the West Indies losing players to the IPL, because they're not, they don't seem a cohesive bunch, he says they have to win. Losing, I think, will be a loss of some of them, their jobs. Often on the field. Not just the players, but the backroom staff. If there's a poor performance in the three test matches by the individuals and the team and the backroom staff, some of them are going. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He's inferred that, that they have to win. All right, lots of challenges ahead for both teams. And uh, that brings us to the end of this episode of Bowler Boys. Uh, send in your questions, send in your feedback. There's a lot of cricket coming up, even though the World Cup is over. IPL, county season is going to start, test series. Looks like Pakistan are going to tour Bangladesh as well. So use, make use of the feedback form and we try to take as many questions as possible in about two weeks from now. Until then, enjoy the cricket. Goodbye and good luck. You are listening to ESPN Crick Info. 